One more time, thank you to Jessica for requesting that we discuss a season of Channel Zero. This episode is brought to you by Jessica from Patreon. If you also want to make us pick a specific thing, not a TV series, not doing that again, but a movie, you can go over to patreon.com slash soup, navigate to the pick a movie tier, and yeah, that's how you'll make us, uh, you know, watch a movie. We'll talk about it. That's a thing we do. Pick a movie. Movies are great. Movies movies are easier to talk about than TV series, but movies are great. They are kind of hard to talk about. <laughs> so thank you to Hannah Montoya, Sabrina Theodoroff, the- Theodoroff, Theodoroff, Denise Holder, Maddie Sims, Karaya, Leslie Dunn, Cheyenne Nelapovitz, Margot Palmer, Natalie Pina. I think that it's Natalie with an H, but I think I thanked you on Scream before, if I'm correct. And uh, you told me that it was Natalie. So Natalie Pina, Pena, um, Sammy Thomas, TJ Moyle, Julie McCollum, Linda, Kimberly Weber, Shibasaurus, Shibasaurus, <laughs> Melissa <Shibasaurus>. Fryer, <laughs> Natalia Litwinick. Madeline <laughs> Tennessee. Don't laugh at their names. That's rude. Libby Lloyd. Cassie Simmons. And there's a couple more because I got the people that I thank uh, every month. I know one of them is... You know her. You love her. James Hudson. Um, Her name is Kim. Oh, shit. My bad. <laughs> Kim Wilson. Ashley Farley. And Susanna Violante. My dudes. All you guys, all you gals, all you good peoples, I love you. The best humans. They're the best humans. You know, thanks for supporting the show, even when I don't know how to properly support the show. You good peoples. You good peoples. And finally, if you do want to follow the things that I do and the things that we do and all those things, follow the podcast Instagram at Horror Soup to contact me, find episode updates, merchandise, and much more. The obedience, my little deviant. Together we will find the right ingredients. We will serve the food that is the horror soup. And the last thing you will find is the spaghetti hoop. There's eyes and flies and anything that dies. There's a nasty surprise in every case. Before we continue this whole Candle Cove Channel Zero discussion, if you haven't listened to part one of this three-parter, I would suggest going back and listening to the discussion regarding episodes one and two, because we discussed the writers, directors, producers, actors and actresses, and much more. In this one, we're kind of just going to dive right into this. We're going to talk about season one, episode three of Candle Cove, and uh, yeah, I hope it's a good time. We back. We back with the Candle Cove. Yeah, baby. James is here as always. That's James from Night Shift Video. How's it going, James? Hey, it's going great. We are doing probably the first ever recording that me and James have done where we are not staring into each other's eyes digitally. <laughs> Actually, yeah, we've, we've, we, we're, we barely even talk to each other without a video component because usually true. even when we talk to each other, it's on FaceTime. <laughs> That's true. We only... I mean, we text each other, and then once we're, like, if we're getting into a conversation and it's more than a couple texts long, we kind of just FaceTime each other. Yeah. So <laughs> we always end up on a video call with each other when we're doing podcasts and everything over the last, like, what, two and a half, three years, something like that. Yeah, man. And uh, James is having some insane internet issues right now. Maybe a computer issue. I'm also having, like, some slight technical issues, too. Everything's blowing up lately. So we ended up on this... Uh, on this call and uh yeah this is uh we're on an actual phone call right now not looking at each other i know this doesn't affect (laughs) anything for anyone listening but it's it's different yeah we're talking on the phone it's weird but that's how much that's that's how much we care that's how much we care about getting this episode out you know what i mean episode needs to get out no video fuck it we're gonna make it work yeah we're still gonna make it work because i have been pretty sporadic lately with posting and with getting things out on time and everything and honestly like it's fully on me and a lot of things but honestly it's fully on me 
there's been there's been a lot going on. There's been a lot going on. On on top of that, the the logistics of of maybe getting in a move. Like there's just a lot going on right now. That's all. Basically, I've been trying to move across the country for a while now, and it's actually going into play within like the next month. And uh, there's just a lot going on. I should still be getting this out anyway, but it's kind of hard, you know. Friends are uh, working, doing stuff. It's you know, some of my friends have kids that they didn't have previously when the show started so it's harder to get people on the show in person now and then when things go awry over the internet you know there's internet issues there's technical issues there's all this stuff sometimes i record episodes and they get fully deleted and i can't use them because i'm like all right i can upload this right now and then it could be there forever or i can just skip a week and then you know take the hit and move on and i've been choosing to take the hit i used to just kind of put stuff out anyway but now I've been choosing to just not put them out because I feel like I don't, I don't want to put out things that are god awful. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, that's fair. So things have been in a weird place lately is what I'm saying. And if you're just someone who just popped into this show and you're listening for like the Channel Zero Candle Cove discussions, this means nothing to you. <laughs> you're probably just listening to this like, OK, talk, talk about the next couple episodes. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, we're gonna get there. Look, it's Father's Day. James is my father. I'm his father. Day of fathers. Yeah. Both of our fathers are pieces of garbage. So we <laughs> we deal with each other, and we give gifts to each other, and we talk on the phone to each other about seasons of horror movies, horror shows. There's a show. There's a welcome to Candle Cove. Welcome to Candle Cove, guys. We're talking about Season 1, Episode 3. It's called Want to See. It's titled Want to See Something Cool. I feel so weird talking about these shows, especially a serious one like this, because, okay, James, am I wrong, or is there nothing to shit on in this show? Like, there's there's a couple things, <laughs> but there's not much. There's not much. There's really not much. Um... It's just good, man. Like, it's good TV. It's hard to be entertaining and try to be, like, slightly funny, I guess. You know, that's what we do. Try to be entertaining about things that go on in a in a movie or a TV show when everything is done so, so planned, so well. You're so right. I would say this show is elegant in a way. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! Like it don't don't get me wrong, it's slimy and disgusting and filled with saliva, but like it's kinda like just the way that it's made and the way it's shot and the way it's presented, everything just seems so in order and like calculated and they knew what they were doing that it's really hard to shit on anything, even just any particular scene, because every scene that happens, you spoke a lot about this in the last couple episodes, but they breadcrumb everything, if I can steal your word. Right. Yeah, they really do. They really do. It's like setting up dominoes and knocking them down, and they love it. Uh, I will. I have. I have shit to talk. I have. I have pretty major shit to talk. Honestly, look, I have shit to talk, but I just feel like while I'm going through and doing these <laughs> notes, I'm trying to find things because I feel like I I'm speaking like some kind of movie scholar, and people are gonna be like, "Oh, look at this uh, reviewer, this uh, subpar <laughs> asshole," and I'm like, you know what? I'm not trying to do that. I'm I'm trying to do anything with this. And I, I'm having a hard time making fun of it. It's like I'm having an issue with it. Usually, even with a really good movie, I could find something. I'm yeah. not finding much with this. I don't know what that's a testament of, but it's hard. So you know uh, How I Met Your Mother, right? Yeah, one of my favorite shows, Ted Mosby. Uh, you got Marshall Erickson. You got uh, you know <laughs> Allison Hannigan. You know the glass shattering, the glass shattering episode. Yes, once you notice something and you can't stop noticing it. Is it like Francine Booth or Francis Booth or something for you? Because there's a few things <laughs> in this that definitely. No, I'm gonna get to that later. I'm gonna get to that later. Uh, the glass shattering moment for me on this show, all of the first season of Channel Zero. I haven't seen the second season, so I'm only speaking about the Candle Cove season. But the glass-shattering moment for me was that I, I listened to a couple reviews after I've watched the entire show, just like YouTube reviewers talking about it. That always does it for me. Yeah, and I'm like trying to get some other people's you know opinions and, and things that like, you know, maybe I missed something. James, yes, and then they say that one thing, and you're like, oh, <laughs> shit, maybe this actually sucks. <laughs> 
You do the same thing that I do, where you let like one person's opinion that sounds somewhat credible affect every single thought you have. I have that all the time, and I've had to hold myself back from doing this because I found myself watching things, and then I'd listen to someone else talk about it, and they'd go, oh, you know, this actually isn't that clever because of X, Y, and Z. And then I'd find myself right, 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 with right. like my, my thumb on my chin going, you know what? That actually sucked all along. I had a terrible Motherfucker, time Motherfucker, you're this. right. I thought I liked this. This movie sucks. <laughs> I never knew that I hate that I thought this five star movie was a one star movie all along. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say it. This is the this is the middle of the series, and I think it's important to bring it up. This this show is pretty well paced, yes, but it has this issue. And it only has this issue because I think this originally aired on TV, right? Like this wasn't made for streaming originally. This was a wasn't it was a Showtime show or no a Sci-Fi? Fuck, I'm already forgetting sci-fi, now. Sci-Fi, right? Wasn't it on Sci-Fi? Then it went to Netflix. Then it went to Shutter, like something like that. I'm pretty positive that was the order it went in. Yes. Yeah. So I think it was definitely made for TV because you can tell just there's so much timing that's padded, and the way they pad time in this season of Channel Zero, this Candle Cove season, is with just these long, empty shots of, like, here's the woods. And if you take out all of these just establishing shots that go on far too long of, like, the woods or the quarry or the, you know, house, like, just all of these really long exterior shots, the enti- it's like half the show. <laughs> Are you saying this is The Hills with Lauren Conrad? <laughs> yes. Like, half the show is us just looking at scenery and, like, ominous music playing in the background. There's nothing happening. There's no actors on screen. Like, Can you imagine if Zo- the Zoe 101 theme, like, you know how in every episode that Channel Zero uh, Candle Cove thing pops up, like, on some dramatic shot? What if it was just, what if it was, uh, 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 it was Zoe 101? Yeah, I think you need to make a fan edit of that. Anyway, we're here to talk about Season 1, Episode 3 of Channel Zero Candle Cove. It took us so long to get to this, but I think you got an ex- enough uh, enough exposition. It originally aired on October 25th of 2016. It received about 550,000 viewers. I don't know if you remember from the last few goes. It was close to, like, I think a million or a little over a million on the first one. Was it 1.2? Right. Does that sound right? Yeah, I-, I know it was right around a million, for sure. And then it went down. It goes down each episode, which I think is just something you get pretty often with TV. But I also think that's something that, you know, producers and other people look for when it doesn't go down each episode. You know, when you're spiking up each episode for the hype and whatever's going on. Exactly. But, you know, Channel Zero did get, uh, what, three, four seasons after the initial? Yeah. I mean, do we know for sure? Is it, like, canceled now? Or do they still make them for Shudder? You know what? That's a good question, and that's something that we can answer by the next episode. So you guys got to stick around for more. <laughs> there you go. We're saving something for the for the finale. <laughs> Imagine all these people that are just like, I can't Google this till next week. <laughs> <laughs> My thumbs won't let me. <laughs> oh, but don't though. Seriously, don't. Because <laughs> yeah, that's what... don't do it though. If you if you Google things, then what are we podcasting about? Like we're supposed to Google it for you, okay? Because realistically, anything you hear in a podcast, you can just Google. You can just Google yourself. But if you want, that's all podcasts are. But if you want it fed to you with people with some personality and a nice sounding voice and some rapport with each other, and you want it fed to you in a story like manner, you come to podcasts. Then don't watch horror soup. Guys, 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 I, I didn't mean to spill my trade secrets. Oh, I'm sorry. The trade secrets of every single podcaster. Anyway, this is written by Harley Payton, who wrote 13 episodes of David Lynch's Twin Peaks. I think it was all of season two. James, do you have any information about that? Interesting. I don't know. I don't know this person. Um, I don't know this person's name. Yeah, I don't know Twin Peaks. So I'm just getting the information that I'm looking up on Google. <laughs> Uh, Howard Payton. Okay, yeah. Harley. Harley Payton? My bad. They also wrote the screenplay for the Mila Kunis and Justin Timberlake classic, Friends with Benefits. 
Dude, what is up with this guy's body of work? I think I think it might be a chick. I don't remember. Um <laughs> I, I got a picture to show you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> just goo just Google fucking oh, Harley Payton. And you see know what the you're right. Thing. I should probably Google it. Um I'm gonna go ahead and say that this guy looks like like uh who was who is the villain in Phineas and Ferb? Doofenshmirtz? Is this Doofenshmirtz? I'm gonna go ahead and say that I was wrong. Look, I I'll do better. Oh my god. We can't we're not even good enough at Googling. Like they they really should stop listening to the show and you just know, Google man, all this information yourself. See, the worst part about this is that I tell my secrets and then I can't even follow through. You know, if I was able to back it up and I had some good Googles for you guys, but I Googled this before, you know, I forgot. I did I didn't know where I was, and you know what? Will Gluck got involved and I just lost all sense of me. Hang on. So he did he did that Friends with Benefits. He did some Twin Peaks. He did some of this show. He did the 2001 Bandits movie with uh, uh, Bruce Willis. Yeah, he was also a co-executive producer on 10 episodes of the Dracula TV series and an executive producer of every episode so far of the Chucky TV series. He's an executive producer on the new Chucky. Yes. So he's a Don Mancini homie, I guess. Basically, this thing is filled with Don Mancini homies, as we kind of learned yeah. from the last episode, or discussed a little bit, I guess. This is awesome. I love it. Also is currently an executive producer on something called Reginald the Vampire. Should we, uh... I mean, when I move over there, we gotta get some All Suck Your Bloods going. You know, a couple good little vampire flicks. Oh, we gotta get the vampires back in, for sure. Yeah, I missed that. We gotta throw some zombies in now, you know? We could use a Tom song, you know? Uh, what's the zombie one? Dude, I actually like zombie movies. I don't, so, I mean, we'll figure it out. That was the whole, you know, but anyway. That, that should be the flip-flop. We should do, like, 20 zombie movies now to pay me back for all the vampire movies. You know what? I'm down. You know, I <laughs> argued against it before, but I I was proven wrong. And considering some of our vampire movies turned out to basically be zombie movies. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I've already watched enough zombie movies at this point. I feel like I should get, like, a five-movie, like, grace. You know what I mean? <laughs> I've already watched at least five or seven of them through our vampire venture. Oh, my God. Because apparently people will just tell you that a zombie movie is a vampire movie. Apparently. Anyway, let's get into this. We ended last week's episode with season one, episode two, right after Mike Painter revealed to his mother that he killed his brother, Eddie, when they were younger. And after this reveal, he was apprehended by Gary. Gary sucks. But he seemed to be driving him to not a police station. And scene. Anything you got to say about that, James? No, nope, pretty much it. So we begin the new episode back in 1988. Mike and Eddie are sharing their birthday cake on the kitchen table. All seems well. That's really all we get for the time being, though. Uh, we see Mama scrubbing some stuff for a moment. Doesn't really matter. That's not one of the breadcrumbs. But what does matter is the goddamn talking cloud and the kid <laughs> with a perfect bowl cut that's watching. That's uh, This is a... Uh, what's... Ah, frick. What's this kid's name? The bowl cut? Yeah, I can't remember his name. He's he's uh he's Booth's Booth's son, right? Who is Boots? Booth, Mrs. Booth, Francine Booth, Francis Booth. No, he was the one that's like praying next to her and shit while she's having a stroke. Oh, he's not the one with the bowl cut? Who has the bowl cut? I don't think that was him. I think that was a different kid. I've no idea who that kid was. Oh, okay. I thought he was also watching the show. I think he might I think he might have been the person next to the person with the bowl cut. I don't remember exactly. <laughs> Oh, all we remember is a bowl cut. If you want to know any more information about Candle Cove, season, or, or fucking Channel Zero, Episode 3, Season 1, just watch it yourself and stop listening to the podcast. Yeah, you gotta go watch it. Like I, I'm here to talk about the bowl cut and the talking cloud. The thing is, I'm gonna see what I'm gonna see. Okay, okay, okay. I don't, I don't remember any of this. The first note that I have is about Marla looking for Mike. Well, pretty much every episode starts with some kind of flashback of, you know, whatever happened in 1988. Right, right, right. So that was kind of just this thing. They were both sitting there. They're watching the TV. There's a cloud that's talking and whatnot. I think I just wrote this down because I didn't know what the purpose of Capitol Cove was still at this point. I mean, 
I really don't throughout the entire first season. Yeah. Outside of the initial episode, I think this is where, like... This is where when turning something something as successful as a creepypasta into a longer form narrative starts to just like it just doesn't quite hold as much water, right? Like as soon as you start trying to like logic your way into like, okay, so how does this actually work? The kids watch the show, but the show's not real. The show comes through the teeth kid maybe I don't it just it never really makes sense, right? <laughs> What I have so far, and I think that's up to this episode, I believe that the show kind of takes over the bodies of these dudes and turns them into different people to get messages out and to control people and send them off of cliffs. That, that is that somewhat right? Something like that, but we're going to get some crazy-ass fucking sci-fi shit in this episode. We're, we're, we're pretty much there. Yeah, it's going to take a little while to really... Roll into all of this. Yep. After the cutscene of the show, Mike's mom heads to the police station and finds Amy, who notifies her that Gary hasn't been around all night. Basically, no sign of Mike being brought to the station, which is, like I said, where we left off before. And now we cut back to Gary and Mike. We see that Gary has brought Mike to an abandoned-looking shack. We can, we can assume that it was for torture, right? Here's the thing. I want to go into this saying that, like, oh, like... Gary's not a bad guy. He's just, like, misunderstood. But, like, he's so deep into this. What are you talking about? Gary's a bad guy. He is so deep into this at this point. I don't understand how Gary or Tim walk away and still have jobs. Uh, well, (laughs) do you want to spoil things or, like... I'm just saying. I'm just saying. What happens in this episode? Like, how, how how does anything really... You're right. Okay, like, you're in fucking deep, bro. It started off as being like, oh, yeah, this guy's a little weird. He might know something about my kid. To now, like, you're basically, like, torturing him. <laughs> it was like, a kidnap torture situation. Off. Yes, they were definitely holding him hostage. Um, We will get into that. One of their situations will, or one of their stories will come to an abrupt end probably pretty soon. But right now, he is in this shack. We're assuming it's torture. The assumption would be correct, uh, but we're getting ahead of ourselves, like I said. Before we get into all that, we see Francis Booth. Here it is. We don't like seeing Francis Booth. <laughs> Anytime she's on screen, something something uncomfortable is going to happen, right? But we're looking at her, and then a flashback of Francis Booth having a stroke or a heart attack or something. I think we mentioned this like 10 minutes ago, uh, completely out of context. Right, right. Yeah, sorry. But her son immediately... S- like he grabs a timer, he turns it on, he puts it next to her, and then he sits next to her, crosses his arms and his legs, and then he starts to like pray the heart attack away. James, I'm gonna as my religious expert, I'm gonna need you to explain this. Yeah. Okay. So what's happening here? She's having a seizure. Yes. And yes, he is. He believes that he can pray the seizure away. Okay, I got that. I was just hoping that you had like some kind of example or like anything else to, you know, have you ever seen this happen? 100% I have seen people do this. You have seen this happen like in front of you. Yes. That's the most insane thing I've ever heard. I've seen people I've I've yes, I've seen this happen with even not not to like downplay the severeness of a seizure cuz obviously like seizures can be very very scary. Uh but I have seen people do this with even more severe actual health concerns, like chronic back pain. And instead of going to see a doctor, they have a pastor just pray for them instead. The whole timer thing is a little much. Like, <laughs> I feel like I get that more than I get the timer seizure situation. The, 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 ti- the timer part doesn't make sense, but I have 100% seen a person having a seizure and instead of, like, doing the things that, like, an EMT would do, you just sit next to them and pray until it stops. What do you think this kid does when the timer gets to the end? Does he just throw her in the trash? <laughs> and, like, what does he do if she dies in between that? Does he throw her in the trash? I genuinely don't know. I genuinely don't know. My only thought process on the timer would be, like, maybe... Because she's weird, right? She's clearly, like, taught him to behave a certain way. 100% she has told him to do that timer 
thing. Right. So I wonder if maybe, like, she is like, oh, like, God can heal me from, like, a normal seizure, but if it's longer than, you know, 30 minutes or whatever, like, call the ambulance. <laughs> you know, I think that is what it is because Francis Booth is the worst. <laughs> We've spoke about her before. She's probably the most terrifying oh. person I've ever come across in my entire life. Yeah, she's wild, man. And in these episodes, we get a real good look at this flashback version of her. And this is another little bone that I have to pick with the show, is that I am just really confused at the selection of actor that was chosen to play the young version of Frances, because she looks way too young to have a child as old as she does because she looks younger than me and her kid's older than mine to be fair though my best friend brie is younger than you and has a child older than or not older than you but older than your child right right right. that's also true but i also think that the age difference between young francis and new francis or young Francis and old Francis, I guess, or what the way that I should say. Look, it, I do get you, it's, but it's look. far too great. It's far too great. It is far too great. This is not believable whatsoever. No, it's not as no, no, ridiculous no, 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 as no. other things I've seen. It's damn near thirty years. Let's say she was twenty-five or something like that in the in the young Francis version, and then now she's fifty-three, fifty-five. She's 25 and she has a 13-year-old? You want to do that math for me real quick? Uh, I know people with that situation. Not 25 with a 13-year-old. You're right. It's a little bit off. I'm being a little over, but like just a little bit. How many 12-year-old mothers do you know, Caleb? How many 12-year-old mothers do you know? <laughs> Fuck off. You don't know anyone that's 25 with a 13-year-old. I've known people that were 14 or 15 when they got pregnant. So, like, I mean, I... I it was a bad... It, it doesn't matter. It was a bad casting choice because that's not even the character that she's supposed to be. She's also supposed to be the perfect fucking Christian lady. So why is she getting knocked up at 15? Oh, because the perfect Christian lady always gets knocked up at 15. Have you ever met the perfect <laughs> Christian lady? Have you ever met the perfect Christian lady? Don't be ridiculous. Because, because she always is. No, the this casting sucks, why dude. I the casting sucks. This. The casting sucks. I think she was like 27, 28. All my friends are around that age, and all my friends are hot. Okay, hang on, hang on. I'm going to find out who plays young Francis. Uh, I have no idea. Mar Marina Stevenson Kerr is old Francis. Is she not credited? I do not think she's credited. I don't see her anywhere. Uh, Tara, Tara Kohler. Tara Kohler. Okay. Gosh, she doesn't. she's not much of an actress. Oh, well. This might be like the only thing she's ever done. I think that's actually younger Francis, and I think they recorded this. They fil they filmed they filmed it thirty years ago. They were filmed it in nineteen eighty eight. And I'm just an asshole. Yes, I think they filmed this in nineteen eighty eight with Francis as she was, and she just aged like fine booth and you're being a piece of shit. Like fine booth and I'm a piece of shit. Okay, that's fine. I'll accept that narrative. So, we'll get back to Francis Booth. One really interesting thing that happens uh, after all the things that we just discussed seven minutes before this uh, uh, spiel is that we see Francis Booth present day teaching a class. She notices a kid on her phone. What I thought was cool about this whole scene is that he was watching Candle Cove, but then when Francis grabbed the phone, it glitches and switches over to some motorcycle game. Yeah, so that's the first time that we see Candle Cove not on a standard TV. And it's going to happen a few times after that. It'll kind of become like a, almost like a tradition. Right, right, right. But right now, we head back to the abandoned torture facility where Tim and Daphne show up to tell Mike that they suspect him. But not only that, they've also been curious about his family's ties to the case. Basically, he killed his brother, things stopped, he came back, things happened, and everyone has a problem with it. There's... They... They have so many different conspiracy theories, though, and they're all kind of talking them all at one time. <laughs> so you're like, wait a minute, what are you, what, what's happening? You're not wrong, but also I'm not going to lie, all of them make more sense than what's actually going on. Right, all of them make more sense than a magical TV show. <laughs> like, I know we're supposed to 
not be on the side of any of them, but they're all kind of speaking, you know, they're speaking truths. I mean, they're like, hey. Dude, at one at one point, they're like, you're not, you're not Mike, you're actually Eddie, and you killed Mike and took his name, and it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Did they really say all that? <laughs> they do. They go that far. They're like, are you even really him or are you Mike and you killed Eddie? Like, It's like this whole fucking thing, dude. <laughs> I mean, they're really sounding like they're blaming George Bush for everything right now. It's going kind of crazy. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I think, I think this part is one of the more unbelievable parts just because I just don't think the acting's that great. Like, like <laughs> Tim and fucking... Uh, what's his name? Is it Gary? Gary. Tim and Gary, when Gary starts, like, laying those pictures out, like, he's such a badass, and it's like, all the dead kids, what about this one? What about this one? It's like, bro, you're not on NCIS. Like, you're not that intimidating. You're fucking Gary. Wait, was that (laughs) Gary doing all that? I thought it was Daphne. Oh, it might have been Daphne, too, and I don't even know why she's, I don't even understand why she's there. I'm just like, you have no dog in this fight. Like, (laughs) this is why I was confused with what you were saying right now, because... I remember that being Daphne, and that was the thought I was having, what you just retorted with right now. Uh, like, I don't know why Daphne's there. Yeah, you might be totally right. You're right. Who the right. fuck is that? Was she the chick with a bowl cut? Oh, maybe, because we know that she's connected to Francis, right? I mean, it's one of them. It's- maybe she had the bowl cut, and she was, like, friends with her son. Someone's probably pissed because they know exactly who had the bowl cut, but I really don't care. That didn't seem like a very important thing. Yeah, I mean, we see, we see later in this episode that Daphne's definitely connected to Francis, and I guess that's why she's involved. But at this point in the viewing experience, we didn't know she was connected to Francis really yet. So we're like, why are you here? <laughs> but, I mean, I feel like she's still not that connected. I think she's just connected because she's friends, because she notifies us that Francis Booth's son was one of the victims, but is she that connected? Like, I know she was in her class, right? Was she connected further than that? Well, I mean, we will see that she definitely is later in this episode. I mean, yeah. I mean, in the future, she has contact with her, but I mean. Right. That's all we know. Yeah. I think she was just her teacher, right? Right. But as we also see in this episode, she has some sort of fucking way of hypnotizing some of her students because there's always like a select few students who love Mrs. Booth. Like, (laughs) That's true. She's probably just the older version of that, and she's always been loyal to her. Okay, we're getting... Right. We're getting so ahead of ourselves. It's okay. So. (laughs) It's because of Francis. Francis Booth's son, he's dead. He's gone. And so was Tim's brother, Gene, who was the one who broke Eddie's finger in one of the previous episodes, the one that sicked his dog on them. You probably remember him from those things. And as the interrogation starts, things get super heated as they try to get Mike to admit that he killed the rest of the kids. Tim's literally like, you kill my brother, you dirty rat. What was that accent? <laughs> That's the you killed my brother accent. What are you talking about? Are you sure? Tim's in there just like, you kill my brother. Is that how he sounded? The whole fucking time. The whole fucking time. He's like, you kill my brother. And I'm like, dude, Tim, shut the fuck up. What are you talking about? So we head to another flashback. And in this flashback, Mike lures Gene over to the crow's nest with the promise that he found something really cool that's worth money. So Gene goes, all right, I'll come see. How much is it worth? $30? So Gene shows up, and he finds Eddie sitting by the edge of a cliff. And Eddie asks him if he watches Candle Cove. And Gene denies. And then does something kind of funny, because at this point, Gene's like, all right, I'm going to leave. And he turns around, walks away, and then flips him off. <laughs> just gives him a solid yeah. middle finger. Hey, how do kids just pop their teeth out so easily in the show all the time? It's a question that I've asked myself many times that I have zero answers for. I think they were just already on the verge of falling out to begin with because they're kids and kids just, have just weak every gums. single one of them have loose teeth, right? <laughs> Children have weak gums is the conclusion I came to. Perfect. This is why dads around America are disappointed everywhere. But before Gene completely leaves, Eddie starts to show off his weird-ass powers that causes Gene to stand in place, laugh, and then eventually crawl up to Eddie like a fucking dog, and then he licks his hand like a fucking dog, and then he pulls out his teeth. Yep. And, uh, you know, it's this whole thing where Eddie's like, present the gift to me after you kiss my ring. And then he kisses his ring, pulls out his tooth, gives it to him, and he's like, all right, now go go walk off that cliff. Walk the plank, bitch. <laughs> I guess that's what it is, huh? It's more like walk the cliff, (laughs) but like, yeah. 
I mean, they die, so yeah. They fucking die. Like, it's weird. <laughs> Dude, when he splatted, I did not expect all that. No, I didn't. I didn't. There's a, there's a lot of child murder in this show. There is. There's a fair amount. More than most shows, I'd say. Yeah. So as Amy's trying to figure out what's going on, because we leave that flashback right after he dies, Mike kind of just stands there and he goes, oh, shit, did you just... How'd you do that? <laughs> and then they move on. Uh, they don't move on. It's just end of flashback. So Amy's trying to figure out what's going on. Some old chick stops her in the street and goes, those kids are hurting people. And if you don't remember who Amy is, that's one of the police officers. So she runs over and she sees a bunch of kids stabbing a science dummy. What do you think was going to happen at this point, James? I mean, I definitely thought they were just going to start stabbing her, right? Like, <laughs> I thought she was done. This was her last episode. Like, there's no way she walks away from this, right? No, for sure. The thought in my mind was she runs up, she gets stabbed. That sucks. I'll see you later, Amy. <laughs> but it turns out they're not killing anyone. It's just, just a science dummy. So we cut right over to a conversation between Mama Painter and Jessica. And I, I feel comfortable just leaving that because nothing really happens there. You know, they just run away. Like, Do we have to say anything about that scene? No. Okay, cool. It's mostly just her getting there and being like, I think I know where Gary took him, and that's it. Like, okay. I mean, basically, Gary's been having problems. He tries to build a nice place out in the country. It failed, and then she's like, oh, let me check for his keys. Key's gone. Okay, he's over there. And that's where Mike is uh, being held. So Mike starts to mention the obscure parts of the show and the things going on, and first off, they mention that the skeleton guy, the skeleton guy, Jawbone, was jawbone in the show he was as is but then if they dreamt about him he would have like a different figure and he would pop up in their dreams all this stuff like uh he had a different name that he was a different figure and he had a different name in their dreams the skin taker he was the skin taker yeah right i think you're right jawbone's a skin taker i feel like this is also something that's not like just inherently like said it's just like you kind of figure out like oh okay so like when he's evil, he looks like this. <laughs> That's what I figured, too, but I didn't know for sure. But if you think he's also the skin taker, then yeah, he's probably the skin taker. <laughs> Maybe we're just idiots. I don't know. Anyway, just as Daphne and Gary are starting to believe some of Mike's story, Tim loses his shit. Dude, Tim just goes nuts. Yeah, you know it's never a good sign when someone just grabs a tarp in anger. <laughs> You know, like, it's such a weird thing, but if someone is angry at you and they grab a tarp and put it under you, you're fucked. Time, time to say goodbye is what it is. You're in a terrible situation. It doesn't help if you're tied up when this happens. No, especially, it, that makes it so much worse. If you're tied up and they put a tarp under you, you're dead. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's no good reason for the tarp being there. Right. When I think of tarps, I think of Dexter. And when I think of Dexter, I think of people dying. So you know what? You're dead. <laughs> You're done. You're dead, and there's going to be no trace of it. All right. What happens next? Well, Tim says it's time for him to be the judge and jury. So uh, him being himself, not anyone else, himself. He said, I'm God now. And he shoots Mike in the shoulder, even though Gary tried to mildly stop him. I mean, I'd say he tried to tackle him a little bit, but uh, but compared to like the tackle that he does to him like three minutes later i don't think he tried that hard no he pretty much lets, lets him get out i mean the the camera kind of like blinks away we don't know what happened for a second you assume mike's not dead because i mean that'd be a pretty crazy end of the story but you never know uh psycho <laughs> left us in a world where even like 80 years later we're like are you sure or 60 years later i'm sorry someone's gonna attack me 80 years what are you talking about you know anything about 70 years 70 60 50 it's all the years man you know what I, Bro, you know what I what mean? what the fuck is happening? You're, I thought we were talking about Candle Cove. You're just saying we're numbers. We're illusion, man. What you is know happening? What I mean? Life is all experimental. We can't do this. You know? It's what you make We it, can't dude. do this without video. It's not working. <laughs> you don't think it's working? I think it's working pretty well. So everything unfolds into a giant ordeal, and then Mama Painter and Jessica show up. At first, Gary tries to block them off, but Mama kind of looks into the window and she sees Mike not only laying on the ground but he also has blood leaking from his shoulder <laughs> but there's that's not even it Tim is also holding him down and he's like squirming actively trying to reach for a box cutter to stick in his neck so there's a lot happening it's intense 
And she basically goes, hey, are you sure he's not in there? Because I see him. Uh, and Tim's trying to put a box cutter in his neck. So they all pop into the house and they save Mike right before he gets destroyed. I would say that even when they walk inside and they stare at Tim and they see him trying to put this box cutter into his neck, he's still trying to do it. Like, it does not deter him at all. No, he doesn't stop at all. And then I think I think finally they do something along the lines of, hey, you should stop that. And he kind of just tosses it to the side and he just leaves. He just runs out the back door and leaves. Yep, Gary just lets him leave. James, that's not even just the thing. Everyone lets him leave. Like, yeah, maybe Daphne <laughs> and like Gary are kind of excusable. Mike is right there, just got shot by him. His mom is right there, just watched him, you know, laying there on the ground. Tim trying to stab him in the neck. And then Jessica's also there, and none of them even try to stop him in the slightest. Dude, honestly, it's this type of thinking that I think that, like, maybe normal people have, <laughs> and, and you people like you and I just don't. <laughs> Explain. Because I think most... I think most normal people see the situation. They're like, okay, it's a small town. We know who Tim is. He's obviously going to be wanted for this kidnapping. Like, we're going to find him. So it doesn't matter if he runs away right now. Whereas, like, you and I have the brain that's like, no, we're going to stop him now. <laughs> yeah, because Tim's not coming back. <laughs> There's no, oh, I'll stop by his house later with a warrant. No, get that fucker. It is kind of true. I mean, I don't get how they just let Tim leave. <laughs> because, okay, at this point, when everyone else shows up, Amy shows up as well, Officer Amy. Because we didn't mention right. it, but the second Tim pulled out the gun, Daphne got on the phone with 911, which most likely pinged their location. And no one ever mentions anything, but it's like, dude, even Daphne didn't say anything. You called the cops on him. But then when he tries to run away, you're like, you know what, I'll catch him later. Yeah, yeah, it's so weird. Daphne's, like, loyalty just is just swinging all over the place. She's trying to figure out where she falls in this whole situation. Dude, I feel like she's having Stockholm Syndrome. She has no idea what she wants. She kind of is. She's just like, oh, it's like she's like, yeah, I need justice. This guy's bad. Okay, wait a minute. Maybe we're the bad guys. <laughs> <laughs> like, she's doing a double cross, like, triple cross situation, and I'm fucking sick of it. And it doesn't affect really anyone except herself. <laughs> Not a single person. Like, whether she is on this person's side or that person's side, she is making no difference with anything. But she's like, you know, I think everyone's really going to care if I switch over to this side. Right, right, right. <laughs> and what's funny, too, about this is that Gary gets arrested for misconduct and kidnapping and all this. And, I and like, I don't think Amy ever even questions him and goes, hey, did you shoot him? Like, that never gets brought up, how Mike got shot. Right. You're right. It doesn't. I guess I guess Mike probably would be like, hey, yeah, Gary got me here, but he's not the one who pulled the trigger. You know, <laughs> I know uh, Mike seems nice enough to just sort of like, you know, tell the truth about all those details. Yeah. Mike is definitely the kind of person who would get shot and then be like, oh, you know, what, whatever. But, you know, I respect it. You know, he's not snitching, even though they're kind of, you know, pieces of shit. He's like, yeah, I'm holding my ground and I respect it. He doesn't right. like authority. Yeah. Good dude. A good guy. I think. Am I supposed to think that Mike's a good guy? I have no idea. I don't know who's a good okay, guy and cool. who's a bad guy. Perfect. I've seen all of this season. I'm still trying to figure it out. <laughs> Wait, when do we see the fucking teeth kid eating Mike's fingernails? This episode, I believe. I think it's the end of this episode. It happened? No, I think it's both episodes, actually. I just, I just, God, that sticks with me. <laughs> That happens like seven times over the next two episodes. Like, why? Why the? Why the? Why the fingernails? Like, when did we go there? Like, you were a teeth kid eating teeth, and now you're a teeth kid eating fingernails. It's just sucking on his shit, really. Don't like it. Yeah, I don't like what happens next. Uh, because right now he gets his fingers sucked on while he's sleeping in the car. This is the first of seven times oh. in the next two episodes. Oh. Nope. Thankfully, I assume it was a dream. Do you know if this was a dream or not? The first time? See, that's the problem with the Teeth Kid, is we don't know if he actually exists. Yeah, I don't really know either. I have no idea. But right now he wakes up in a hospital bed, and then Amy interrogates him for a moment about everything that has happened thus far. Note, Mama Painter is sitting next to him, and everything tracks up until she goes, So, you killed your brother, da 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 and then she stops and she goes, Oh, uh, actually, about that, 
I think Gary misunderstood. He actually didn't kill my son, his brother. I hate this part. <laughs> it's just this whole thing where they all know exactly what's going on. She's like, uh-huh, okay, <laughs> moving on. It's like, I don't. I just don't know why they had to have, like, the dramatic, like, reveal of Mike being like, Mom, I killed Eddie. He, there was something wrong with him. It was crazy, like, but I had to do it. And then her, them being like, okay, now we have to tell the police. And the police are like, oh, so you killed your brother? No. No. That's not, no. That. That's not exactly what I said. <laughs> She's like, nope, you, mis- you misheard that. Gary doesn't know what he's talking about. No, that's not it. So as for the weird energy brigade... Tim is hearing giggling while wandering through the woods. Like, he's just walking through the woods, which also very much confused me because I'm I'm like, okay, I get it. You're a little bit far. You're leaving this. I, oh, is that just the thing? He's out in the country at Gary's place, and he's walking pretty far out there? I guess. I mean, he was always walking in the woods out by Marla's That's house, too, though. That's very true. He's, he's like always a, in the woods. I think woods. he's just like a wilderness guy, you know? Do you think he's like the Sam Squamsh from Trailer Park Boys? Like... <laughs> I think he's a Sam Squam. He's always he's doing something out there. I don't know why he's always outside. He's always outside. This time I feel like there's a little more of an excuse for it. The rest of the time, uh, I don't know about that. I don't know about all that. <laughs> so Daphne shows up to Francis Booth's house to explain the whole mess at this point. Like we said, I don't know exactly why she's there. I think it's just because I think James is right. I think she's a hypnotized student and she's just old, but she's still hypnotized. Is that fair? I mean, that's the only explanation that I have. I don't know why she has a horse in this race. So Francis explains that a lot is going on and that Daphne simply has to turn herself in. But before that, she's going to be motherly and bring her some tea and... Oh, shit. Oh, wait, never mind. She's chopping her head off with a goddamn hook. Oh, God. Came out of nowhere. I mean, honestly, never mind. I would say that nothing that Francine... Francis Booth does (laughs) is out of nowhere. This terrifies me. I say the sentence, the sentence she speaks comes out of nowhere. She slits the bitch's throat, and then she goes, you shouldn't have fucked with Mike Painter. (laughs) Okay, yes, because that's my next note. what? James, my (laughs) note right here is, what? In all caps, with like exclamation (laughs) points and question marks, because what did she mean by that? Whose side are you on? What are you doing? This whole time, I thought she was against him. She's in cahoots with the teeth guy who's sucking on his fingernails, but you don't want people to fuck with him? That teeth person is definitely sexually assaulting this man. He's fucking with him like crazy. (laughs) Fucking with him in his sleep. So. I don't follow. I have no idea what's going on with Frances Booth. Lost. Completely lost. She is the worst villain in the world, but also the best. Because <laughs> I, don't, I don't know her next move. I don't. Never know. Never know what she's going to do next. It all makes sense. Fucking wild but can card. I guess it? No. No, absolutely not. So after this murder, and I mean like, she sticks this hook into her throat and gashes it all across. She fucks her up. So after this murder, we're left alone to deal with creepy-ass Francis, who actually made this tea, because I mentioned, like, very briefly, you probably didn't remember that, but I mentioned tea. She made tea for four kids who were stabbing the fake body earlier. These are these are her hypnotized little goons, basically. Yeah, she she definitely had them kill Tim, right? Wherefore art thou, gooneth? <laughs> yes, they killed Tim. I mean, we're gonna—because— What's going on right now, we find this out later. Like we said, breadcrumbs, blah, blah, blah. It seems like they were practicing their stabbing prowess so they could later ambush Tim in the woods and then murder him. Yeah, I guess that was the plan. And they did it in the same fashion. And the way they stab people is terrifying. Um, (laughs) I feel like it's what Children of the Corn should have been. Or like what the intro of Children of the Corn is. I agree. You know, like if the rest of the movie kept that energy. Yeah. It's kind of like that. But Francis is the ringleader of all this. She buries the body because she, you know, she looks at them. She goes, where'd you bury the body? Goes and buries them. That's fun. What was the relevance at this point of the fungi assortment that Amy found in the police station? Because I know after watching the next episode what it is, but did this do anything for you or just aside from leaving you terribly confused? No. And that is another Slight criticism. There's so much good about this show, and there's so much, like, mystery and intrigue. So much so that I think they kept writing mysteries even when they didn't need any more. I was just going to say that as you were getting through that statement. 
it gets to a point where it feels overbearing and it feels like they're attacking you with mystery. It feels like it's almost like they knew that you were going to be confused after watching it. And they did a George right. Lucas like special effects super cut and they re-edited it later just to make it more confusing. Just keep adding more random shit, yeah, to make you be like, what the fuck? Because, yeah, Amy gets to her desk, she opens up this box of shrooms, and she's just like, what? <laughs> and and it's nothing happens, nothing happens. We're just, we just leave, okay? I thought she was going to get poisoned, like she was going to eat them because she thought it was like a fun treat, and it was going to poison her because <laughs> I had she's no die? idea. Yes, I had no idea where, there was, where this was going at this point. I'm like, why do you have a flower arrangement made of mushrooms? I'm not. I'm just not tracking. I was even like, well, I was. I was like, are they gonna do some kind of weird like psychedelic thing? But like, they don't even really do that with them either. So I was just like, what's the, what's with the mushrooms? Like, why? Why mushrooms? This is something we can spoil right now. This is gonna be in the next episode of this season, yeah, episode I guess, four. Yeah. But all it is is that some guy had a crush on her and he like makes mushroom arrangements like he does the yeah he's like a nerdy mushroom guy yeah he basically got her an assortment of flowers but it was mushrooms and when i found that out that did kind of piss me off so you're like wait that was it like i thought this was some like ominous gift from a murderer like uh, no just just mushrooms It happens at like at the end of the episode. Like it's one of the last things. Like there's like three things that happen at the end of the episode max, and that's one of the three. <laughs> and one of them is Daphne getting her throat cut. So I thought the mushrooms were as on were on that level. James, thank you because one of them is a basically main character. Even though we think she's pointless, she's basically a main character at this point. It's a main character getting murdered. And then she gets a mushroom arrangement right after. And my mind immediately goes, holy shit, who is this from? Who's doing this? Oh, it's just some guy who thinks she's cute. What are you talking about? It's fucking dumb. That pissed me off. Like, that legitimately kind of upset me. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Oh, fuck. We end this episode at the painter house with something lurking in the shadows around Mike's room. Right up until Mama Painter sees that tooth person, like... You know, it's there's a there's a lot of build up to it because Mike's sleeping and yeah. you feel like he feels like something's around him, and then she gets up because she hears things in the other room and she sees like I mean we fully know what it is we've seen this tooth guy enough right we 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 know it's it's mode of operation and we also know what this what sounds it makes yeah because it's always oh yeah don't do it again but those clicking sounds you made last episode <laughs> repulsive. It's doing all that, so we already know it's in there sucking on his fingers, but she sees, like, it's silhouette, and then she turns on the light, and we think that it's going to disappear for a second because we don't know if it's a dream or if it's real or whatever. We've been trying to figure this out this whole goddamn time. And it's still there, and she screams, but then she wakes up, and we go, okay, so she's dreaming about this too. Which Who, who does the tooth person represent? Because if, if the skin taker is uh, the Fortnite skull trooper... Who is the tooth person? Is that, like, the the pirate person with the ginger hair, maybe? I feel like they were referencing that person a lot around this time. Oh, Pirate Percy? Pirate Percy, yes. I think it's just that the tooth person is... Candle Cove? Eddie. Is Eddie. Well, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh... Oh, shit, I'm I don't dumb. think it necessarily has to do with Candle Cove. I think that it's some weird fucking demonology shit that Francis Booth knows about. That's what I think. Okay, that, so that we'll... That de- a fucking witch. Okay, so we'll definitely have to get into this later with the other stuff, because you're right, you're right. I feel like that, that does make a lot of sense. Okay, yeah, because he's been collecting teeth, all this shit. They're, yeah, like, that's crumbs, where the, th- the whole thing... Right, the whole thing kind of splits off, and it's like... And and that's that's almost what's what's almost disappointing about the show uh, is that the Candle Cove creepypasta really is just the first episode. And if you watch the rest of it, it doesn't really have anything to do with the creepypasta. Like we still no. reference Candle Cove and some of the imagery, but it's not part of the core story anymore. I mean, the show is. So I feel like in a way, the core of the creepypasta is intertwined with the whole thing but i do get what you're saying as well like the whole basis of the story is like introduced and handled and completed in the first episode if you want to look at it that way there's nothing in the story about uh 
crazy witch lady who's a teacher and a teeth a kid made a teeth like all of this is new <laughs> okay but james the kid with the teeth sells it it does it's so good it's so good and it's so scary it just has absolutely nothing to do with the pirates and the the puppets like it's a whole different thing like it's it's not necessarily it doesn't even have to be in the show it could have been a different movie or a different show you know yeah, I agree with you. It doesn't track at all, but I love that Teeth Kid so it's much. It's amazing. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> like, and the way they do it, it's so scary. And like, like when we saw it on the CCTV in episode two, like we're seeing it in different ways. Like, it's it's good. It's really good. No, oh, yeah, I agree for sure. Um, so okay, so we'll go ahead and end this off. Basically, right after all this happens, Mike ends up like. The, the the setup for it was that Mike's mom went into Mike's room to go, you know, protect him because something was happening, yada, yada. But what ended up happening is that Mike went into his mom's room because she's freaking out because of the nightmare. But then he has a weird little inkling. He walks over the window and he looks outside and his daughter's out there. His daughter from like the other side of the fucking country. His daughter, who does not live anywhere near this house and probably does and is also like five. So she does not remember directions, especially like thousands of miles away is standing right. outside of the window just looking into it menacingly. It just shows up. So, that's a problem. Her mom's not happy about it either. Her mom is pissed, but we'll find that out in the next episode. Right, 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 right. But that's not the only menacing thing happening here, because the fucking tooth guy is sitting in the window upstairs staring down at everything, and I'm also wondering, was that in the mom's room or was that in Mike's room? I don't know, but it's so good. Him in the window is, like, the best part of the episode, I think. And he's clacking. He's doing those stupid... Okay, go ahead. Do the teeth clacks. <laughs> do, the, do the little clicks. I hear it. Okay. I'm, I'm sure I got it on your mic. <laughs> yeah, so that was the end of season one, episode three. There were three kills in this one. We had Gene, who was Tim's brother, who got at fucking hypnotized off the edge of the cliff. We had Daphne, who... I'm so glad she died this early on. She did not need to be a part of the story. I'm so she got killed perfectly. I think it was great. It was like, okay, you're around here because you're weird. Now you're dead. Cool. And then Tim just sucked. I wish we saw Tim die, but it was cool. It was cool that he was dead. Oh yeah, definitely cool that he's dead. What do you rate this episode, James? Personally, I'm gonna give this one a five star. I see what you mean last episode about Episode one being really good. Episode two went down a little bit, but then in this one, it came right back up because this was incredible through and through. We lost two main characters in a short amount of time. It was intense. Tooth person did not hold back. Like, this was fun. Uh, four and a half. I, I take off half a star because of the shrooms not paying off. <laughs> you know what? I'll agree with you on that. That did piss me off. And if I'm going like to give everything any... else about it's perfect. And then it's like that one part is like fucking why'd you have to do that, though? You're so right, because if I'm going to give any complaint to this episode, it is that. <laughs> and you know what? We actually spoke about this episode on its own a lot more than I thought we would. So I apologize for anyone who wants us to move on to the other things. But I'm going to go ahead and call it for this episode, and I'm going to say that this is going to be a four-part series. We're going to do episode... <laughs> I don't know. May, I, honestly, I don't know at this point. Maybe it'll end up being a three-part. Maybe we'll do the next three episodes. We might be able to, yeah. Yeah, we might do the next three and the next one, or maybe we'll do one and then like two or something of the sort. There's just a lot in this episode. This episode was really good. Like, I feel like more things happened in this episode than hap than whatever happened in the last two. So for sure, I really like this one. I had more notes on this one than I did for any of the other ones. So, I mean, I did kind of want to give you guys like, you know, what I felt about both of these at the end of this, but I don't really think I can. You know, there were some kills. It was really good. They just introduced a lot of shit in this one. Uh, it's really fun. And like I said, you know, all the other stuff that we usually do, fuck, Mary kill and all that. I'm going to do that later. I'll do some reviews off Letterboxd if I can find them. I don't think this is on Letterboxd. It's a TV series, but maybe like I'll find some fun IMDb reviews or something. But uh, yeah. I'm sorry to anyone who wanted to listen to both of these, but I just think there was so much in this. And I, don't, I don't want this to be a two-hour-long episode. That doesn't seem fun. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're just going to... We're going to move on from this. I'm going to go eat some food. The next one, the next one's going to be great. The next one's going to be awesome, and maybe there'll be three episodes in that one. Maybe that one will be the two-hour one. You know, Maybe we'll be in the mood for a two-hour long episode next week. Yeah, I think we need to wrap it up for sure. It's it's a lot. I mean, we're 
I, I don't know what this is going to end up being in the end, but we're at like an hour and a half right now. And that's <laughs> that's so long for a 42-minute episode. This episode was 42 minutes long, James, and that's like with the recap and everything. That's like a 40-38-minute yeah. episode. <laughs> we're already doing the thing that we hate where we're spending more time talking about it than if you just watched it yourself. <laughs> I hate it so much, and it's the thing that I do more than anything. <laughs> I don't think I, like, I feel like most things I've recorded are longer than the thing that you're watching and it's a problem but thank yeah. you so much to jessica on patreon for picking this series um we're gonna get into the rest of it soon jessica you got like possibly a four episode series out of this but i mean it's it's <laughs> definitely like you you deserved it i mean you donated for a while your donations are definitely appreciated thanks for sticking around i hope everyone else likes the candle cove stuff we actually did get some good messages um from the last episode people really liked it so good 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 yeah, I hope we get the same sentiment with this one. Did you hear that story about someone who said that... Oh, my God. I think I posted on the story, James. Someone said that their parents kept the teeth of every single kid in the house, and they put it in a bowl and kept it, like, I think on their dining room table or living room table or something no like that. No way. But then they said that they had a jar of eyes. What? <laughs> I asked of whose eyes? eyes. I asked whose eyes. And I don't think I've received a response unless I'm just late on checking and they sent it and I haven't looked at it yet. I don't think I got a response. Whose eyes are they? I want to know whose eyes. I want to know. Okay. I want to know what eyes before I know whose. Oh, that's true. Maybe they're not human eyes. I mean, I hope so. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what's going on here. I didn't get. Maybe they're like cow cow eyes or something. Maybe they own a farm. This person said what they said <laughs> and just left me to drown in my thoughts so i can't believe they kept so their parents kept all of their children's teeth and then put all of their children's teeth in a bowl not in something covered in a bowl like an open bowl an open bowl interesting okay that's so fucking gross you know if you want to be heard and acknowledged on the show you can send a story maybe this person will be kind enough to like you know record a little snippet and let us know whose eyes what's eyes where they came from what your parents oh, are like yeah i'd love it yeah call call in record a snippet if you're listening to this right now and you are this person i'm sure you know who you are i don't think this is describing a lot of people you know who you are <laughs> please grab your phone do like a little voice recording send it to me at horsesoupyahoo.com and we i promise you if you do it within the time like within the next couple weeks i promise you that will be played on one of these candle cove episodes and we will discuss that for probably 30 minutes yeah we'll we'll listen we'll listen to it probably more than the if episode if you send us that story this will be confirmed <laughs> a four part series because we're going to have to spend some time just discussing yeah you're right you're right whatever the hell you're about to tell us <laughs> So, again, horrorsoupyahoo.com if you want to send in a story, we'll read it on the show. If you enjoy the show, leave a five-star rating and review on Spotify or iTunes, whatever, really whatever you listen on. It helps a ton. helps us get on, like, charts, uh, all that other stuff, playlists, I think. You know, this is the stuff that we want to be on that helps us. Um, and, yeah, guys, we will get into the rest of Channel Zero, Candle Cove soon. Um, but for now, that was Horror Soup. If you don't listen or don't know, I host another horror movie podcast called Scream with an exclamation point at the end. It's starring me and Ash and Elena, who you may know from more bit of true crime podcast. So if you're looking for more horror content from me and my friends, you can find Scream on any audio streaming platform. And you can also find everything that my buddy James right here is doing by searching Night Shift Video, NSV13, anything of the sort. He does a lot of horror stuff, a lot of spooky stories, as he calls it, and, uh, you know, all that fun stuff. I just say as he calls it because... The word spooky, I don't claim it exactly. It's all right. No, it's your favorite word. I don't love it. It's fine. Um, it's your favorite word. I'm actually. Uh, oh shit! That just gave me a good idea. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna make some. Bootleg. Okay, let's move on. So I'm gonna make some bootleg to keep spooky up soup shirts. Who wants a spooky soup shirt? No, no, no. If you want a spooky Instagram soup shirt, soup, looks just like horror soup. It's a spooky James soup. Instagram I need you to DM me video. Follow my Twitter at horror soup sucks. Follow our letterbox at horror soup Caleb and at night shift video and show James some love. He helps out with the show all the time. I'm gonna be living next to this guy hopefully within like the next month, uh, like pretty much like a month to this day about i'm gonna be living in this guy's basement for a few days while i find a goddamn house um spookysoup.com 
show love to this guy. He's a real piece of shit. Thank you to Ross Lee for supplying the show with intro and outro music. And uh, thanks to just everyone who listens to the show, likes the show, is involved, all that stuff. Hey, shout out Donnie. One Heart Creations Ohana. He does stuff on Etsy. Donnie, how you doing, bud? I know you're always looking around. I know know you've been going through some stuff for a while, Donnie, but you know, I love you, Donnie. Think about you, Donnie. Peace out, guys. Okay, bye. Bye, Donnie. I thought that, like, Donnie was, like, in the room with you or something. You're like, oh, yeah, shout out Donnie. Look right here. Grubs up, baby, grubs up. Give me Harasu. Give me, give me Harasu. Give it, give it Harasu. Harasu. Would you like some bread? I'll do you a slice with a pinch of salt. It'll taste really nice. You've done really well, cause this stuff tastes just like hell. Swallow it down, it'll fill up a hole. Stick out your tongue and lick out your bowl. We're having a bite with creatures of the night. Grubs up, baby, grubs up. Give me horror soup, give me, give me horror soup. Give it, give it. Grubs up, baby, grubs up. Give me horror soup, give me, give me horror soup. Give it, give it. Horror soup. Harasu will keep you well fed. Its gorgeous smell could wake the dead. Vegetable is just forgettable. If your energy's low, you know what to do. Simply double on down some of this spooky stew. Rewind and dine a hungry Frankenstein. Rubs up, baby, grubs up. Give me harasu. Let me be your Sweeney Todd, your private chef. I'll be your just dessert. You can even drink it from a cup. I'll do the washing up, I'll do the washing up I'm getting full, I'm getting full. My belly's gonna burst, my belly's gonna burst Oh, can you see my psychic energy? Grubs up, baby, grubs up Give me horror soup, give me, give me horror soup Give it, give it Grubs up, baby, grubs up Give me horror soup, give me, give me horror soup Give it, give it horror soup Okay. Before music intro, cut. It's not me having sex with myself, James. Cut it out. Are you sure? Are you sure? James. <laughs> how how are you able to do that without us even seeing each other? Just because we can't see each other doesn't mean I, you know, James, I know things. <laughs> All right. I feel things. I know what's going on. You literally, you didn't even get to see my facial expression. It's pretty magical. Like, that's that's the sign of a good host, I think.